is. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're gonna be talking about Scream. That's right, the newest addition to the Scream franchise. We're gonna be talking about all the things. We're gonna be talking about Ghostface, the return of Sydney, your favorite scary movie, all the rules. You know what it is. So if you wanna hear what we got to say, sit back, relax, grab a snack, grab a beverage, and listen on in to The First Ones to Die. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the First Ones to Die podcast. How are y'all doing today, this week? We hope you're having a lovely start to your week. Alex, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing good. I like to go ahead and just apologize for any creaking you hear. My chair is on its like last life. So there's going to be some noise. <laughs> I'm going to get it replaced this weekend, I do at this point. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, you can <laughs> Anytime I just move a little bit. Um, but I've been good. It's not been too bad. Nothing really exciting has been going on, which is kind of nice. Um, well, actually, me and my sister have been... It's been like a whole fucking month. Me and my sister have been building a shed for her backyard. Oh. And every time we have gone to build it, it has rained. Like, literally, it rained. And one time, we were making really good progression, and it started to hail. Like all of a sudden, I don't know. We're like, <laughs> I we're think good. I saw we're that good. on Instagram. Yeah, we were super excited. We're like, yeah, we're working through the rain. Whatever. Like, we can do this. And all of a sudden, my I hear my sister yell something, and I'm like, what? And I get like a bit of hail hits me in my eye because of the way I was leaning. I was like, is it hailing? She's like, I just said that. So we had to like cover everything up, run inside because it got this is this like gentle hail. It was like properly hailing. Where I was like, what is going on? But finally, it is like good and like we just need to put the roof on unfortunately me and christian are both kind of short and we can't they're like don't put weight on the roof we're really short so we can't get to the tip to like finish putting it on so we have to have her roommate do it so hopefully it'll be done soon but um so that's been exciting okay. to finally see the completion of it but uh other than that again nothing too exciting other than building a shed how about you jonathan how you doing I'm doing good too. Um, I haven't had any shed building experiences. Um, First time for everything. Uh, right, right. Uh, but uh, the Oscars, I guess when this will have been released, um, the Oscars would have been yesterday. Um, spoiler alert, we pre-record people. So a little peek behind the scenes. I know I just exposed all our secrets, but uh, the Oscars were yesterday and I got to um, a live tweet for the Madame Tussauds account. Um, so we'll see how that went or goes. Congrats to all of the winners. Y'all did your thing. Wow, that moment that happened was very shocking. Yeah. Um we have a friend, Indy, who gave you a pre, like he gave you his predictions. And Indy's actually pretty good. He's he's usually spot on. What? Who did he pick? Do you recall who he picked for like best supporting actress or best supporting actor? I'm sorry, best actor or best yes, actress? Yes, he he gave me a list uh, of his Oscar predictions, um, and he said he knows who's going to win. Um, so we'll see if some of these predictions uh, are true. 
Um, who did you say best supporting? Or best actress. Let's do best actress and best actor. Uh, best actor, Will Smith, King Richard, which I believe will happen as well. He is the front runner. Uh, best actress, Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. I didn't see King Richard. I didn't want to see it. Um, I did see Tick Tick Boom with Andrew Garfield. He was very good at I that. I did see. Oh, I've I was gonna watch Tick Tick Boom today. I've been meaning to catch up on some of the Oscar stuff before it airs. It's like um, a man. But I did dream. see King Rich. Yes, I've seen clips from it. Uh, I did see King Richard, and it is an excellent movie. I enjoyed it. Well, maybe I should but, to it. Yeah. you know what other. You know what other excellent movie we're here to talk about today? Scream, aka Scream Five, oh. aka Scream Twenty Twenty Two. We should we should explain why there's only two of us. Oh, that's right. <laughs> We've been talking this whole time. Well, I was going to say uh, that, but then I was out. like, "Oh, Indy has his predictions." And usually, again, Indy is is very good at predicting the, the any nominations. Honestly, he's very good at. But anyway, um, yeah, there's only two of us right now. Um, well, as you can see, or I guess here, because Jerome would have said something already. Uh, that sounds mean. That sounded rude. I didn't mean it like that. Uh, Jer- no, I didn't take. I, I didn't take it as. I know, but that sounded like oh, you know, he would have talked to her. No, Jerome is currently, you know, working in the real world right now, so he can join us today. He is. Um, but but he'll be back next week. But as always, we have Snowbell. Doesn't have his Who Alex just pointed to. I mean, Snowbell. Cheddar, I'm sorry. You're okay. Snowbell is my cat who has passed <laughs> almost, uh, almost a year and a half now. Isn't that great? Time is crazy, man. Oh. Um, but that took a sad turn. <laughs> it now did. I miss, it I, did. Now I miss Jerome we- and Snowbell. <laughs> this, this is a weird moment. Um, so what, are we, what, did we, what did we watch, Jonathan? Let's... <laughs> We watched Scream. We watched Scream 2022, um, aka just Scream, aka the requel of Scream as referenced in this movie. So, if this is your first time, I just appreciate they didn't call it the, the Scream. The Scream. They didn't do the that because a lot of, like, when I saw the Batman or the CSS, like, people have been doing thus. They at least didn't do that. That's true. Simply Scream 5. It's just Scream. Uh, So basically, if this is your first time listening to our reviews, how we like to do this is we first have our non-spoiler section. So we'll go through our overall general thoughts of the movie, and then we'll give you a warning and we'll go into our spoiler section for the film when we will deep dive into all things Scream. So, Alex, what are your overall thoughts of Scream? It was surprisingly wasn't bad. As bad as I assumed it was going to be. Uh, I, I, I actually enjoyed it. Not all of it, but I enjoyed it. Um, I do love how just Scream makes fun of itself. At the same time, it is still like a respectable horror film. Not like scary movie where they got more like posturous over time. Um, this was actually like a legitimate. This is horror, but it still knows it's a horror film. 
And so there's just a lot of moments that were like, um, well, I'll say during the spoiler part, there were just a lot of moments that called back to it. Like, hey, this is a thing. Remember who you're dealing with. So let's like listen to Sid or something. But um, no, yeah, I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. So I think this is pretty cool that they actually were able to do that after so long, too. Because a lot of movies, when they try to rebrand, bring it back or something like that, it's just it's awful. Or they're like, yeah, we're, you know, bringing the old cast dies and the new cast lives or, you know, oh, we brought the old cast to kind of mentor the new cast or something like that in the movies and stuff. It kind of ends up feeling like, oh, this isn't really a passing of the torch. It's more of a like, look, we're showing you something old and now pay attention to a new, like prepping us. This didn't feel like that. This was simply, this is a screen movie. This is how things go, which again, is really appreciated when it comes to, you know, movies that are trying to continue on in their franchise. So what about you? What did you think of the film? So I have... Uh, maybe kind of a little bit of an opposite opinion. <gasps> Did you hate it? Did we find a movie you hated it? <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I went into it. <laughs> Alex just throws her I hands will down. someday find a movie you say the words, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I had heard a good amount about it going into it and people were like, oh, this holds up. This is a pretty decent screen movie. And sure it was, but I don't think it was held in as high of regard as I had heard it to be um, before watching the movie. Um, A lot of it for me, And this might be this might be a stretch, but a lot of it for me was a parody of a, like a, a, a scream movie or a scary movie. A lot of the time it was a parody of itself. Um, they would it, it was a very meta uh, film. They would reference not only scary movies, but the scream universe itself um, in the guise of this fake movie in the film called Stab. Um but it did have moments where I jumped. Most of those times that I did jump were like fake out moments where the character opens the fridge and then they're getting ready to close the fridge and you expect the killer to be behind there, but it's someone else. Um, so those were the moments that I jumped at the most. Um, some of the positives uh, I did like, uh, so um, I'm going to search her name on IMDb right now because uh, the main actress, um, she was in In the Heights. And why is IMDb not telling me her name right Melissa now? Melissa But she was Barrera. very good. Melissa Ferreira. Yes. She was very good. Yes. Um, also, David Arquette. Even though, you know, sometimes when you have these requels, as they would call it, and you bring some of the original cast back, a lot of times, you know, they're just bringing them back just for fan service. They're bringing them back just because the fans want them to be brought back. Sometimes, you know, their acting chops aren't as great as they used to be. (laughs) But David Arquette and Courtney Cox, I feel like they both 
still held it down from when they did back in the day, um, which I appreciated. And I felt like they weren't put in there just as like a cameo moment or a fun moment. They were actually put in there to help progress the story forward. Um, so I appreciated that. And I agree with that. Um, even like when they reference old characters from the original Scream or the Scream franchise, they weren't, you know, they weren't talked about like, oh, you know, oh, this is what this guy said. They were important to the story. They were only brought up ever if they it was like necessary to the story, which I was like, because they didn't bring up like every single character from Scream and just be like, oh, you know, it's me, me, this guy, me and this guy. And like, just our friend. No, they were like, oh, yeah, this person died here. And then, oh, do you remember this guy was telling us this? Like, that's what we needed to know. So, yeah, they used their old cast really well. It wasn't just a, oh, I know what you're doing. I know. Like, oh, I know that. I felt like they didn't have a lot of, they had a lot of nostalgic moments, definitely. They had a lot of moments where you were like, yeah, I remember that from screen. They didn't, like, have to do that whole, like, oh, I get your reference. Because they were pointing out that this is an actual reference. (laughs) Although sometimes mm-hmm. that was annoying, you're right. They would actually point out, be like, oh, yeah, this is a reference to this. Oh, this is a reminder of when this occurred. Be like, okay. Right. Let's keep going, though. but Because, like, somebody's trying to kill you guys. <laughs> like, I know you're having, like, a moment. Exactly. And, and I understand the effects of trauma and everything. And sometimes it, like, it hits you. But it's still at the same time, you still need a. There's somebody literally trying to stab you. Right. Also, what an right. ineffective way to kill somebody stabbing somebody. That sounded. And there's a lot of. Go ahead. I'll just move. No, I'll. I'll, I'll... <laughs> Cheddar's trying to climb up. <laughs> no, he's trying um... to tear up my chair. Because he doesn't have this entire oh. thing. Oh, is it the chair? Yeah, he scratches at my. Lately, he's been doing that. He's been getting real brave around here. He's got this whole thing, but um... my, my, my one chair, apparently, is what is the best he's, thing to scratch. He's gotten comfortable. Yeah. Um. But so should we move on to spoilers? Yeah, let's move on to spoilers. If you just came here, you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch it and then come back to the spoiler section. Or if you don't care about spoilers before you watch the movie, then continue to listen. Or if you have no intention to watch the movie at all and want to hear us talk, continue to listen to us right now. I so do have a soothing voice. your spoiler. Oh. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> your spoiler thoughts. Uh, should we start from the end? What did you think about who the killer and in this sense, killers were? I. What did you think about the reveal? Did what, was, it was it earned? Um, did wasn't you wasn't earned? It wasn't. So the killers um, ended up just being friends of. So there was a character, Sam Carpenter, who was the main character, played by Melissa Barrera, who was the daughter to Billy Loomis, the original killer. And her sister, mm-hmm. it was her sister who got attacked. Um, okay, I'm trying to remember the sister's name. Tara. Jenna Ortega, Tara. Yeah. So Tara got attacked. So it makes sense for one of them to maybe be the killer or something connection to that. Guess it kind of made sense. It was just crazy fan people, like fan boy and girl, wanting to, you know, be the new slashers and killers. But at the same time, it's just like, so you're just crazy. But that's it, right? <laughs> like and these I have like see... a link. You don't. 
Right. And I could see Richie played by Jack Quaid. I think he did a great job, by the way. Um, of course, you can catch Jack Quaid in The Boys on Amazon, and he does a great job there as well. Uh, but I think he he was more earned his, you know, villain, um, whatever reveal was more earned than Amber was the character of Amber because she to me was kind of a side character that came in randomly in the middle of the film and then ultimately ended up being one of the main reasons why everyone's panicked and the town is in in havoc and terror um and I'm like we barely knew the character of Amber so it doesn't you know, feel right to me that she is the ki- is the killer. I feel like it should have been someone who we got to spend a little more time with. And I thought we were able to spend time with Richie, although we were not able to spend time with Amber. Yeah, Amber didn't have that, like, also... I guess it was more like Amber. I understand some of her character, but at the other time, you are right. I think is that we didn't get enough time with her. We didn't see her enough. And there wasn't that moment of like, oh, she's totally like sus and that we could think it could be her. All of the other characters definitely had that feel to them. So playing the whodunit game is is like, well, and then all of a sudden you have this character who's like, oh, yeah, this is their friend. And all of a sudden they notice, oh, her acting's kind of shitty. Yeah, we're not going to believe her. And then she's like, oh, well, yeah, no, I'm the bad guy. It's because you failed some acting classes. Um, <laughs> I do love... Jumping towards the middle, I loved one of the things I did love is when they went to go see Dewey. He had they showed they did that um, I guess a zoom in that he had uh, his sister's ashes, and I thought that was really sweet that they even showed that. I forget. I know she was played by uh, Rose McGowan, McGowan, but I forget her. Oh, Rose McGowan. Yeah, McGowan. 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 Oh, Tatum. Her name was Tatum. I thought that was really sweet that he had her ashes there. And that was another thing where it was a nice, not a nice, but it was a nice, like, wink to the audience that, like, hey, there's another character from the original series. She's there, and she's not forgotten. And I believe he even had, um, Randy's ashes. Didn't he? Who were the second pair of ashes? I I think it was Andy as well. Or Randy, I'm sorry, who was portrayed by Jamie Kennedy. I think so. I'm trying to remember, and I don't, because I remember seeing those two ashes and being like, oh, they're significant to the original Scream. And, you know, when they're trying to do this, like, it was called a requel? Requel? The reboot sequel? Yes. Um, I thought it was really nice like, that I did they, that. It, I, I was very happy with that requel monologue. Because it does explain perfectly to a T the recent trend in requels where it's not so much a sequel because it doesn't really take place directly after, you know, the previous one. It doesn't have many of the characters that were in the previous one. And it's usually a lot later down the line. And it's not a reboot, really, because usually reboots... You know, they either have all or none of the main cast. It's somewhere in between and it's a requel. And that makes perfect sense. And I was like, wow, yes, I never thought of it that way. But 
now I'm going to be using that term for like the scream and the Halloween and the whatever ex- other examples that they had. And yeah, and what's cool about having the requel is that it's also introducing new cast members that become almost like permanent because they do have a proper tie to the original cast, like uh, Sam Carpenter, who was Billy Loomis's daughter. Like she could be part of that like reboot and it not be a weird thing. Um, so I, mm-hmm. that was a, I think that's also a good term that's eventually going to be used in the future so much more now because they gave such a prime example of it. Because when you do think reboot, you're like, oh, either they're bringing all the old characters or they're just doing everything over. And then, mm-hmm. like, they kind of did a re a requel with the Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. Awful, by the way. Do not watch that. It's so bad. I have not watched it. <laughs> so bad. I kind of wanted to at one point, but now you're saying don't watch it. It is the most boring 90 minutes of your life. Really? It's so disappointing from the past um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. It is the disappointing child you do not talk about. It's that one cousin <laughs> you invite over because they're family, but you don't. You Just because really you don't, have to. You, you, you don't want to end up in a conversation alone with them. That's all I'm saying. Um, there, there was a moment, thinking about like the original, where Gail... I think it was Sam arguing with Sydney outside the police station or the hospital. And Gail comes up and she's like, hey, you know how they always talk about everything going back to the original? Well, this is the original. Show some respect. And that, I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. Because that was one of those heavy meta moments that they were playing into. But like, we're 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 mm-hmm. in a horror movie and we know this. So like, respect right. to the original. Watch your mouth. And I like love that line for some reason. Because there are like people who like talk shit about the original, like, oh yeah, the reboot, you know what? I'm like, no, 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 watch yourselves. I'm like, there's a reason this took place. And Scream is still one of the best movie horror films I've seen because it feels like it's also a little more realistic. Like when the killer falls slipping on blood, it looks like he genuinely mm-hmm. gets hurt, got hurt. So, right. um, but like in this with- one, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say in this one, kind of speaking of the killer and the kills, uh, what did you think about some of the kills? Because for me personally, some of them should have died earlier than they actually died. If they did die at all, like a homegirl, Tara, she should have been dead. I thought that's what was where this was going, where you know, she answers the phone, uh, ghost face comes in, stabs her, and she looked like she died. And then I hear that she's not dead. And I'm like, what? How did she survive that? Yeah, they were. It, it, her scene was so similar to Drew Barrymore's scene at the original Scream. So I assumed if they were going to try to do the like reboot stuff, they would have that scene. Because one, it was, it was so iconic, that Scream scene. Because... That she, Drew Barrymore was so well known and to kill off the, one of the biggest stars in the first the 10 star. minutes was unheard of. Everybody thought this was going to be her movie. No, she's dead. She gutted. She's gone. And so like the fact that they were like they, they didn't even kill within the first few minutes. It was like, oh is this going to be a gentler one? 
there's like is nobody really right. and she she doesn't die at all she's fine she just hangs out in the hospital mm-hmm. while everybody's running around kind of exactly she tries to find her inhaler i think it's shitty what they did with dewey i feel like they he deserved a better death i was about to ask you about that because bef- right before he dies he says i gotta sh- i gotta uh shoot him in the head They'll always, they'll always come back if you don't shoot them in the head. And I'm like, thank you, because when they were walking to the elevator, I'm like, what? You're just going to leave him right there? You know he's going to come yeah, back. like, you know or better. when you, you try know to go better. back to him, he's going to be gone. Exactly. So when he said that, and I think that was a moment that they put in, like, as a self-referencing scary movie kind of thing, uh, because he gets to the elevator, he doesn't go in, and he turns around, he's like, I got to shoot him in the head. Otherwise, he'll come back. And then he tries to shoot him in the head. But Ghostface gets him. Yeah, he came back. And then stabs him. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, um, I think Dewey deserved a better yeah. death. His death felt like... I don't want to say anticlimactic. I don't think that's the right word. But his death felt like... It should have been a little more heroic. Maybe, like, more of a crowd around him or something. Yeah, like, there should have... It just... There should have been more. He ends up just, like, getting stabbed. Mm-hmm. For somebody who avoided getting murdered by stabbing i mean he did actually get stabbed a few times um but in all fairness everybody this is everyone yeah um (laughs) to just die by getting stabbed it was just like oh man come on like you spent i don't like over almost two decades avoiding getting murdered by and then this is it like how far you were already you should have been like i gotta get on the elevator i gotta just go or like shoot from a far like something I feel like for such a well-seasoned right. character, this was like dumbing down his character back to, you know, back to what he originally was, which was like upsetting because he protected them so much. And like now it's just like, yeah, he's gone. I, it was an undeserved right. death for him or a, not undeserved, well, kind of undeserved. He didn't deserve that. But anyway, well, yeah, some of those. Y- you would you would think he would have learned tactics to keep himself safe because he has so much experience dodging getting killed. Uh, like maybe wearing some type of protective armor, like a bullet and stab proof vest um, or something like that. You would think he would have invested in that. Just like, and not even that, like you should know to already shoot them ahead of time or like take the weapon with you to which they keep killing people with. Something. I feel like for, he was, he tended to be like goofy, but he was still very like resourceful. He protected them quite a bit throughout these films. And like now he's just like all of a sudden, I, they should have done more with his death. It felt unfulfilled. Um, I thought it was also stupid that they had to stop at the house to get the inhaler. <laughs> but it, like you can get another inhaler are you telling me she didn't have one at the hospital any other place you couldn't get a pharmacy to prescribe something you had to go back that night in the dark to go get the inhaler when somebody's trying to murder you when there's a killer on the loose yeah i never understood that and i i always hate those moments or because it's like why go back and you shouldn't go back into a house that somebody just broke into to murder you like especially not without like lights on everywhere daylight right or if it's a matter of life and death 
you know, steal one from the pharmacy. If you can't get your prescription, then then go ahead and steal yeah, one. Yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty sure the doctor would have been like, yeah, let me go get you one. I've gotten one from the doctor being like, here, here's an inhaler from directly from the doctor. They have a stack of them in the back. Right. Um, do you think it was fair for them to accuse? I thought, like, do you think there was enough, like, who done it evidence for them to accuse Sam for a while? Or do you think they do you think it was like a weak evidence thing that they were just playing blame game? I think she was the easy target because she has um well she didn't really tell anybody that she was Billy Loomis's daughter except her sister. Yeah, right? and that was or did or was this common knowledge? No, it wasn't. She eventually told her. I'm sure people some people knew. Yeah, I'm sure that well, at least for from an audience perspective, she was the easy she was the easy target, um, accusing her because she has this relation to uh, the original killer. Um, but I don't know. She didn't. I I knew throughout the movie. I figured that she would not be the killer because it would have been too obvious. Um, and because she had this motivation of saving her sister, if she would have tried to save her sister, why would she have tried to kill her in the first place? Um, unless it was this psychotic messed up, I'm going to almost take away your life and then save you and then take it away again. Also, I don't think that would have been. Sorry, now that I thought about it, how old was was her character? Did they ever say how old she was? I was trying to think about that too. It seemed like maybe she was like in her mid twenties. I want to say because she was old enough that at eighteen she left, and Homegirl Tara was still a kid. Well, she still is a kid. Okay, but the sisters never seen. They had to be like. So she would probably, I mean, say she was born at the, like, the last year Billy Loomis was alive. She would have to be, like, 26 now. Which means her parents had to be, like, yeah. 16, 17. Sorry, now it just got in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, you're doing the math. Doing you're, math. you're, like, doing the math of how. Because at first they seemed like they were really closer, close in age. But there's got to be, there's, like, a clear 10-year difference almost between them. Yeah, she's almost like a mo- mother figure yeah. to her. Okay, no, no, no. All right, timeline's lining up, lining up for me. All right, so good. I always <laughs> feel like it's farther, but it's actually it was it was made in nineteen ninety six, so that's only twenty six years ago. Only, yeah. Only. Um. So she's um. actually no, she's presenting <laughs> as the right age. Because okay. sometimes when they do that in film, oh, I'm their actual daughter. Like this all happened when they were fifteen, sixteen. Like, and then all of a sudden their parents were remarried or their sibling is suddenly only five years younger. Be like, did your mom keep having children as a teenager? That's like not okay. Right. Like, that your parents should still be having children when they are children. Um, but no, the t- now that I thought about it, the timelines actually are are pretty well aligned. So they did. That's pretty good. Like a lot of films will just like not care about that. That's actually pretty good that they got actors that showed the appropriate age range for that. Right. And side note, not about the characters, but about the actors. I've been seeing, not only have, did I recognize a lot of the people who are in this cast, 
Um, but I know Jenna Ortega, she was in season three of You. Um, and then she's also in this other horror movie that just came out called X. I have no idea what it's about, but I know that uh, it's a horror film. Uh, so she feels it feels like she might be, you know, one of the new scream queens, Jenna Ortega. This might be her thing. The horror films. Oh, she was also in um, The Babysiller, Killer Queen, which actually turned out to be a pretty good movie itself, too. The Babysitter. Oh, yeah. oh, so she has more horror titles under her belt. Yeah, no, okay. And then, yeah, as, as you have told me, you is kind of semi It's pretty much, it's like, it's it's semi-horror. It's more thrillers or psychological, yeah, thriller. And it's kind of horror. There's a lot of blood and stabs in you, season three. So it's pretty much horror. Or you, the whole series. Okay, so that's. Maybe she's becoming one of the new Scream Queens. Um, yeah. Sorry, she was in season two, not season three. I still have not watched. I keep, it's on my like queue. Like, I'm like, yes, I want to watch this one because it actually looks super good. It does look like a show I'd be into. But I just. I recommend it. Get to it. If you go into it, though, sidebar, the first season. What the first season is good. I like my preference is season three, season one, and season two in that order. But the first season uh was made on for lifetime, like the network. So it's really? a lot less yeah, it's a lot less like gritty than it is in season two and three, because season two and three Netflix picked it up. I'm genuinely surprised by that. I didn't, I didn't, I could see like, no, no, watching Lifetime movies. No, you're right. <laughs> I could see actually them creating something like that. Um, Overall, I, I didn't think the film was too bad. I think sometimes they reference the movie within the movie a little too much. And I understand that was their meta way, meta way of like getting past like, oh yeah, you're going to stab. Really? You're talking about Scream. I get it was, that was like their meta way of doing that. But sometimes it was like, I forget what Stab was. Honestly, and I'm like, why do they keep, like, my brain was, like, thinking of just, oh, it's Scream. Because I honestly, I think it right. was in the second, or the the second one, I think they didn't reference it at all. So I honestly forgot about the Stab movies. Because all she talked about, mm. which, again, it was her cousin who tried to be the murderer and be the star of everything. She was just talking about writing a book with Gail and all this publicity. She never brought up the movies. This was all about like kids who were obsessed with the movie wanting to be like, ooh, we're going to make our own style stab. Which, I guess they wanted, what was it? They wanted new source material? Yeah. They... That's literally, I think, what they said. There was They wanted new and approved source material for the movie Stab. Which this one had the movie within the movie had like eight movies. I think that's enough. <laughs> right. Like what why do you want them to how how farther even I feel like Star Wars fans and, get tired of like the stuff they're producing sometimes. And at one point, I think it was I want to say it was Richie who says this after he's revealed to be the killer. Uh but he says this whole franchise goes off the rails at number five. 
which is funny because this is the fifth Scream movie. So it's, are they they trying to say that, that this is going off the rails now? It's still weirdly like within the, like it is and isn't. Cause this is like, this is like very meta. People are doing the killing because of the movies. So it's like off the rails. And this actually has nothing to do with like the real characters or like the murders or like anything like that. Cause everything had in a, like a, a personal connection to Sydney or her family or friends. This has actually no personal connection to Sydney. They're like, you inspire the movie, so we're going to kill you because of that. So that they do more of these movies. Um, but at the same time, it all still has a weird personal connection to her because it's still, she has to be the center and she, like the poor girl, just wants to live out her life. And everybody keeps trying to murder right. her. Now it's not even that they're trying to murder her because they're mad at her for like her mom, you know, sleeping around or like you know, something about being, I believe the like third one was about her half brother or, and the fourth one was with her cousin. So it's not even about like her crazy family. Now that people are just attacking her because she inspired a film series. So the poor girl, like they're not even trying to attack her for like, not that attacking you for your family is a good reason, but in the scream world, they don't even have a legitimate reason. They just want a more of their favorite movies. Shitty. Poor girl. Poor Sydney. <laughs> Poor woman. Just once, she probably just needs a hot bath and to rest for one night without having to worry about somebody <laughs> trying to kill her. Just a night of relaxation. Obviously. Uh, did you notice at the beginning of the movie when uh, Sam and Richie are driving to the hospital to visit Tara, the street that they drive past is called Elm Street? No, I didn't see that. That's sweet, though. Yeah. That was a big nod. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, got it. Getting those references in there. I like that. That's a good sneak. Well, because Elm Street's on every, in every place. So that one's like a nice sneak, too, because it's something that doesn't look like out of the way. Um, right. Do you think it was weird or concerning that the girl kept hallucinating her dead brother? It, that's definitely concerning. And since I saw that they, another Scream movie will be coming out next year. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, they're doing pretty much what Halloween is doing. And it's funny that they're referencing Halloween in this movie as well, because this is like following. I'm assuming that they're going to do like a, a three movie thing. Like for the next two years, another two movies are going to come out um, like Halloween is doing. Uh, and what was my original point? Do you think it was weird with her hallucinating Billy Loomis? Do you think, do you think they like (laughs) did that for like a real reason or like just to set her up and be like, oh, she's clearly crazy. Yeah. I think it's setting her up to possibly to give her character some kind of motive to possibly be a suspect for the audience in the future. So even though we know she wasn't the killer this time, who knows she might be the killer next time. And this might be one of the reasons why she is because she has, you know, her father as an influence. Yeah. It's like some, I, I like the part. It didn't, like I say, I like, and then I'm like, what sounds weird. Um, When she <laughs> was trying to, when, when Sam was trying to get away from the killer and she saw her bo- father in the reflection, Billy, um, 
And he was like helpful. And it was like weird because he was helpful in the sense of like telling her what a killer would do because that's who he was. But in the way he was still like being like, hey, you can outsmart them because almost like this is in your genes. You have these instincts of a killer. And at first, I thought they were clearly, like, trying to set her up. Like, oh, you're we're going to get that whole, like, you know, mental break. And then it's like, oh, it's Billy Loomis reincarnated in a weird way. Because this is her kid. Where she's had, like, mental issues. But, like, I did think it was sweet in that moment that he's like, hey, like, instincts are kind of there. Like, I can help you. Like, this is what you need to do while she's, like, trying to fight for her life. I do wonder if they're going to keep that or not. Because sometimes some movies will have mm, that. Like the flashbacks? Yeah, because sometimes the movies will have that, like... Or the hallucinations. The hallucinations or, like, you know, spirit guides. Or... And then they end up just being written out completely and, like, not thought of again. It's like, well, what was the point originally then? Why bring it up if you're not going to go with right. it? Right. And to pile on top of that, at the very end... When she finally defeats Ricky, I mean, Richie, uh, she goes ham on him. It's like she didn't have to stab him that many times and then slit his throat. But that's another kind of character building thing that shows us that she has this natural instinct. And she tells us that. I think she says something along the lines of, oh, now you'll see where I get or something like that before she goes ham on him. She tells him that this is in her blood literally yeah uh so so i i expect to see some form of that in the future movies i wonder if like kids of serial killers think about that because like i know ted that's that's an actually good Ted bundy has a daughter out there and i'm sure she's had kids yeah i do know uh after watching a documentary I did I did read up on it, um though after watching the not a documentary, the film with Zach Efron. I didn't know he actually had a daughter until that film and then they mentioned it. And then I was very happy that the woman like divorced him, moved away and hid the daughter's identity. You know, that's very good. She shouldn't have done what she done in the first place, but at least now she's doing what she can to protect her daughter. But think about that, that woman was in that woman was born in the 70s. That means she probably has children herself. So there's like this whole line going down. What if you're like a, you know, the great grandchild of Ted Bundy? How do you like think about that? Do you ever think like, right. oh no, that might be in my blood or something? I. And when is the right time to tell your kids? At what age? When do you tell them? Do they always know from jump? You know, I wonder that too. I've known all the horrible things my family has ever done since I was a child. To the point, <laughs> I found out my mom, t- well, I was talking to my mom one day, and she's like, oh, yeah, you had an uncle that was a lawyer. I'm like, excuse me? I was more shocked. And I had found out that I had an uncle, my dad's side in Mexico. Like, I think it's like a great uncle or his great uncle or something. I'm not even sure of who he is. But she's like, oh, yeah, he's a lawyer. I'm like, What? what did you just i'm like there's a good one in this family on our side there's a there's a one who went to law school and she's like yeah and then she's like also he's like i think he's gay and i'm like what i'm like excuse me (laughs) there 
is a gay man in our family? I'm like, what? I Why am I, like, learning about the, I've learned everything, like, horrible in my life family. So when The Good finally came out, I was more shocked about that. I'm like, how how could you keep that from me? I was so hurt. <laughs> I'm 30, man. You're like, I want to, I want, you're like, I want to know this uncle now. And I was like, what? I, I'm, I, doubt, I doubt he's even still alive, honestly. I think it was like my dad's like great uncle or something. But like, I was so shocked that even uh, somebody like that existed in either side of my family. I was just like a mate. I was so, I'm like, I, I, on the, you know, bad side of that. I found out good. On the bad side of that, I feel like you're never honestly prepared to learn about that. I think eventually you do have to tell people. Because I did, at a young age, learn horrible things about my family. But, like, I don't think you'll ever be ready. Luckily, none of them have been serial killers. I can say that much. Mm -hmm. Luckily, there has not been a serial killer in my family. That actually feels good. That's good. Yeah, it feels good. Feels good. I don't. I don't come from the proudest of lines, but you know, none of them have been murderers. Um, I don't think. I'm assuming. I feel like there's a right time to ever there, tell your there kid might, that. There, there might be a way to hide it from the fam, from the rest of the family, if you just change the last name uh, of, you know, say the daughter's name is Bundy. Just change your last name. And then tell your kids or whatever, oh, your grandpa died before you were born. He, like, wasn't a good man. And that's it. Because there are, you know, a lot of families, I'm assuming, that are like that. <laughs> so, mm, But but um, a lot of people do DNA testing now. Mm. So, and then you find out later. It's much more damaging to find out later in life. It's much more damaging to yeah, find out. Because, like, I mean, from, like, people who found out, like, oh, yeah... We thought we were, like, our parents had us, and then we found out we were, like, donor-conceived. Like, that. There's there was that one oh, guy, yeah. that doctor, who ended up having, like, almost 800 kids. Because he was the one using his own DNA instead of, like, the preferred one. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. Um, So, like, I don't think you can keep that hidden anymore. You can't pretend, like, your kid's not adopted. You can't pretend you didn't have a child with a serial killer. It'll come out. Even I got the DNA test. Spoiler alert, I am very Mexican. That's my DNA. <laughs> Mostly Mexican, and then everything else is just like 30% just mixed of everything like else in like Europe. Except for like Eastern Europe. I have like no like Russian and I have like no Asian in me no at Russian. all. No Ukrainian, no, no Lebanese, um, no Czech, Uzbekistan. No, and I don't have any Asian in me. Really, I like I have Mediterranean, upper Mediterranean. But anyway, um, I don't think you can ever really <laughs> hide that. <laughs> I don't think you can hide that anymore nowadays. Because I mean, yeah, how does that come up? Especially now with the digital age, most people's information is public. So, and you see, like people are like, it's... I look like you. That's a little too much coincidence yeah. there. <laughs> but and you'd rather have you'd rather have the power to tell your own children than have the world tell them yeah, for you, you later in life. Even if like your kid never does like the DNA test to find out they're adopted, like somebody who came from their genetic line might be like, "Hey, you're my distant cousin. I just 
found us out or like, hey, there's like a weird match between us and us, but not you. Well, now everything's up in question, isn't it? Um, Really quick, what did you think about Gail in this movie? Courtney Cox's character. I thought she served as the emotional anchor uh, because she was kind of like the viewer in a sense that, you know, she hears uh, that she hears that Dewey dies. And then we get that emotion. And then ultimately she's going to carry the heart and soul of Dewey into the next movie and into the next if she doesn't die. Um, so I feel like she is not only the nostalgic factor, but she's also the emotional anchor as well for the audience. We're supposed to connect with her on an emotional level. Whereas with Dewey, you know, we connected with him on an emotional level, but he was a sacrifice. I felt like her character is not needed in this one. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. Well, because like in the other one, she 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 using her reporter, like she was able to get into places using her reporter skills. She was able to find out a lot of information. She was able to unlock things. Yeah, she doesn't use her career at all. In this. Not in this one at all. And it and like in the end, she's like, oh, I'm not gonna you know report. I'm not gonna write another book. I'm just gonna talk about like Dewey tribute of do a tribute to Dewey. It's like it took you five years and your ex husband, or it took five films and your ex husband dying for you to finally have like growth a character development like are you just kidding me <laughs> it's like dewey got sacrificed so you finally got character development i did <laughs> i just felt like i get what you're saying she was definitely like emotional support for sydney and when like people tried mm -hmm. to give sydney shit she was she did have her back a lot of time but it just felt like she wasn't that important of a character she was one of those people that were definitely brought back she was an original character. Uh, I think right. they could have given her more to do. Um, but at the same time, it didn't didn't feel like she was being wasted either. Because I think she was emotional support. And I don't think there was much for her to do in this film either. There was it did it didn't feel like it was branching out like the other movies did. They were mainly like at the hospital. Yeah. Um, which again, it should have been a lot easier to hide. You're in. I also don't know why. Also, I guess no. It's a plot point. Just do it. Hospitals are crowded, man. Everywhere, like <gasps> tons of people. Exactly. Tons of and we don't know if this movie takes place in COVID times or non-COVID times. I'm assuming since I didn't see a mask. Or anything. I'm assuming it takes place in non-COVID times. Did I tell you I read a book that was like written in 2018? But it takes place in the summer of 2022. And I was waiting for the mm -hmm. COVID part for them to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, wait. No, this book was written two years before every, or like four years before everything. And they, the, the, what the, th the thoughts they had is nothing <laughs> to what actually led up. I was like, Oh, this book feels more hopeful now. Oh, so much different. <laughs> this book had... I didn't finish reading it. I couldn't do it. I didn't finish reading the book either. I was just like, no. You're too hopeful for me. Um, but anyway, I did... Yeah, I thought Gail wasn't really necessary in the story. Um, but what about... Like, what do you think about Sydney? How do you think um, Sydney played in this film? Miss Nev Campbell. 
I thought uh, I thought she was like like you kind of mentioned like she was the up in front like she was uh, the shield or like the fighting force to Gail's like emotional force. Um, so I feel like for this movie, um, we were supposed to like feel that like badass, you know, fighter, um, not going to back down energy from Sydney. Um, while from Gail, we were supposed to feel the like emotional connect. I keep saying that, but it, it, we yeah, were supposed well, to feel I- that emotional connection from her. Yeah. What did you think? But sometimes I think I felt like they could have used her more. And I, I get what they were trying I to I think both of them they definitely could have used more. I think they will in the in the next one. Yeah, because like I Especially since we're a couple characters down. <laughs> yeah. They're the last two, right? <laughs> they're, well, they're the last two. Oh, from the original. Yeah, from the original, yeah. Yeah. Um well, I was also thinking, I was like, well, I get what they were trying to do. They were definitely trying to introduce Sam and try to make her more, like, push her more to the front. Like, hey, this is Billy Loomis's daughter. Like, check this out. And then, like, I get what they were trying to do. But, like, also, like I mentioned about that part where I really love where Gail was like, hey, this is, like, it always comes back to the original. So, like, respect the original. Mm-hmm. They, I didn't feel like they gave her enough respect in this film. And they they done that a lot in the other ones, too. Where she's like, look, I've been through this. Yeah, but it's not the same thing. Jesus, fine, fine. Wait till the end where we're almost dead and I save you again. And instead they had, like, (laughs) Sam do it. And then she just went bananas on the guy. Almost gutting him. So, like... (laughs) She might as well have worn his body. I was ready for this. On hers, like a... I was, like, ready for her to, like... Bruce the King. head to completely off and her like hold it up for a second like because they did the they did of course the deep cut and it's like that mm-hmm. you did a lot there you are not okay i understand <laughs> you're working through stuff and i respect that but could you put that on the knife now um yeah so i think they're definitely of course there's definitely a shift between like this is who they're trying to focus on now but like i feel like they didn't give Sydney enough credit as they always do in these films and they could have just used her so much more um and again it always comes down to like her yeah it definitely felt that the older characters were the supporting characters in this film versus you know you have the new crop of characters and those are the people who it's their story and these the older cast, the OG cast members are just supporting the new cast members in their search um, of the new killer. Yeah. Which is like, I, I get it. And they have done that where they've like gone back and been like, Hey, we just need to like talk to you for a few minutes. We're having this problem. We know you've dealt with it. So they've done that in like other movies where they're like, we've gone back and, you know, talked to these characters who've been through it. And like, how do we survive? How did you survive? But they didn't do that with her. They didn't like, you know, use her. They brought her back and then kind of like ignored her. So why bring her back if you weren't yeah. going to use her to her for, for full potential? Why didn't you just 
have them be like, hey, we need to talk to you or like do that type of thing. Why did you bring her back and then push her aside? It was right. And then it was about the stab movies, which, again, were about her. So you made her a sporting mm-hmm. character in in a meta movie that's still about her. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they dropped a little bit. They were really did trying hard to make the- this a meta movie. What part? They did. Well, on that on that topic, I did laugh at the part where uh, which character, what was her name? Uh, Mindy. Um, she's watching the movie at the point in the movie when the killer is right behind the guy and he's watching a movie where she, where he's talking at the TV and she's talking at the TV watching him talking at the TV and then I'm watching the TV and they both have the killer behind them. And I looked behind me, even though I was sitting up against the wall, like, like I am right now, (laughs) I looked behind me. I'm like, I'm watching the TV. I need to make sure that there's not a killer right behind me because this is very meta. It's like you watching someone watching someone. So I did. I did like that part. I thought it was funny. Because I was like, oh, that's that's mm-hmm. probably going to make everybody uneasy. That's why, honestly, I sit. Right. I like to sit at the back of movie theaters. Why I always sit at the top or with a wall <laughs> behind me. Because I'm like, I watch too many films where people pop up from behind you. So, like, let's, let's just go ahead and sit with my back to the wall. There's no reason for me not to. I think one time I saw. Unless uh, it's. Unless it's what? I was just going to say, unless it's like the Science Center situation where. There's a whole area and room essentially behind the last row. So anybody could pop up behind you. Which I did start out a couple people sometimes. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but like, it, although sometimes I did because that was my favorite uh, thing to do. Because, you know, my long black hair, my I wore like dark clothes and then the dark vest. And I would hide in that um, little mm-hmm. cove corner at the bottom of the stairs where people try to exit and I just stand there and be like, go to the top. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. I'm like, yeah, that way. <laughs> they wouldn't see me for a second. That would be so much fun. Um, I did that one time where like I had a friend was like tired of sitting all the way in the back and I'm like, okay, fine. We'll do what you want to do. And we sat like in the middle of the theater and it was for that movie White Noise. It was a horror film and it was a terrible horror film. We went, we were the only ones in the theater until maybe about like 10 minutes into the film. One guy walks in, sits at the front and corner. So instead of watching the film, I'm just watching this man because it's just me and my other friend. And we're like 15, 16 at the time. And this grown man is just sitting there at the corner. He didn't do anything. He didn't make any noise. He watched the movie. He was a perfectly fine man. But I'm just like, all suspicious. Like, I'm great. Now I have the whole ass theater behind me too. Open. Because now it's just the three of us. Uh, yeah, so I was like, never again. I'd never let her pick a seat again. I was like, no. You you did it yeah. once and then a creepy guy came. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a similar situation where me and a friend, uh, this was maybe like a couple years out of high school, and we went to see The Purge, Anarchy. And we were... Uh, we were towards the back, but on, I think, the right side. There was this man in the middle. There were only maybe about 
there was less than 10 people total in the theater. And there was this man in the middle sitting by himself and he had items and he was fiddling with the items and he looked like he was reaching in his bag quite often. And we were looking at each other like, really? And while we're watching this movie too, like we were watching him more than we were watching the actual movie. Um, thankfully nothing happened, but it was just, it was, it was suspicious. If you see something, say something, folks. Yeah, definitely. If you get uncomfortable in the movie theater, don't just like be like, oh, we'll just go, go say something. Because if it, if you're right. getting uncomfortable, most likely other people are uncomfortable too. And if it's nothing, then hey, it's a misunderstanding. But if it's something, you know, nowadays, unfortunately you can't be too sure. And, you know, above all, your safety is the most important thing. I was like, tell people, I'm like, exactly. You, may feel inco- you feel, may feel like you're inconveniencing somebody or this or that. No, no, no. Your safety is your main concern. If you're feeling uncomfortable or, you know, you feel like something suspicious, just go, you know, go talk to somebody. It's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, although you didn't watch this in a theater, Jonathan, you were just getting nervous in your own apartment. <laughs> I would have loved, though. I would have loved because I, um, thinking about your, did you watch it on your couch when you were just sitting on your couch? I would have loved uh-huh. had Gibson been right behind you. <laughs> Gibson popped up. How, like, when did you get up there? Right. I would. I thought that would have because does he do that ever? No, he doesn't. He doesn't usually jump up. He doesn't usually like jump up on the couch. And but the only times he will scare me is when he like rubs up against my leg, and I'm not expecting it. Cause he's so quiet most of the time. Um, but he'll be, he'll be watching TV sometimes. He'll just be, I'll, I'll catch him just like staring at the TV. I guess it's the colors or something, but he'll, he'll watch TV sometimes. Christian's Husky loves watching TV. She'll get like this close to the TV now. She like watch. Um, oh. <laughs> Cheddar startled me as in that. He's just suddenly like, I, he's, I don't realize he's where he is. The only time, the only time I have gotten petrified by my pet is Snowbell. Uh, I don't know. She, I, I think she was 19 at the time. Never in 19 years has she ever done this. But I was taking a shower. And I guess I had left the little door. Or I guess I left the door open a little bit. It's much worse than you think. And of course, in the shower, you are not wearing, you're very vulnerable in the shower. It is a very uncomfortable, like, it's a very vulnerable. It's not uncomfortable. You're showering. You're actually very, I was actually very relaxed. I had dropped something and I bent down to pick it, pick it up. Suddenly I felt something very soft. It, it, like I, I didn't realize the size of it at the time, but I felt something very soft push against my butt. And I <laughs> screamed and I almost <laughs> fell in the shower. My arms were flailing. I got my bag against the wall. Like it felt like a horse. There's Snowball, just in the little blurriness of the curtain, staring at me like, what are you doing? What was that about? I was just trying to say hi to you. I just, I realized that it was her little paw. She just decided to boop while I was bending over. I have never, ever in my life been so terrified. Yeah, no, it felt like a psycho moment. Nothing had actually happened. I didn't fall, (laughs) but it's just like. Yeah, no, it was the most terrifying moment I think I've ever experienced in my life. All because she decided to come and like just lay upon me. It was she didn't even whack me or anything. She didn't try to smack my ass. She was just like, 
I'm going to gently put, I'm going to gently put my paw on you. And that caused me to like scream. My back was, I was like holding on to anything I could grab and be like, "Ah, I got to remember to lock the bathroom door. I got to remember to like put a chair on there or something even. I don't know how she got in, but she did. Um, Was there, (laughs) let's still get started on thinking about that. It was a terrifying moment. Um, was there anything about this movie that you were just like either you really really loved or you like really really hated was there anything you were just like or just like disappointed in or thought they did the best thing like was there any anything that was like that to you I so my I did have a favorite line in the movie it's when the killer calls Wes's mom she's the police officer and she's talking on the phone with him and she's getting agitated. And he's like, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's like, I prefer animated films and musicals. And that was it. <laughs> that was my favorite line in the film. I just loved her delivery of it. It was so blunt and straight to the point. <laughs> and she was like giving him nothing. She was like, I, I'm not going to play into this. Uh, perhaps my least favorite part of the film or my least favorite aspect I would say of the film is that all of the high schoolers in this movie, not only are they too old to be in high school, uh, which, you know, is the case in all films and TV show. It's just Hollywood. You know, we get 40 year olds playing 18 year olds. Um, But Right. But that combined with the fact that everyone from the dialogue to the outfits to the whole vibe, it's very early 2000s. And maybe that was intentional as, you know, sort of a throwback to um, a time closer to when the originals came out or the previous movies came out. But what they're saying and what they're talking about uh, and how they're dressed and everything from the colored hair. And I know people have colored hair today, but that type of colored hair looked very much like something you would find out of school in the year 2002. Um, to the way they were dressed, it was very early 2000s for me, and I could not get past that. It did not seem like they were in... The, uh, the characters of Sam and Tara, they seemed modern to me. All of the other high school age characters, they did not. I see. I see what you mean. Um, there was that, like the it was the jewelry. I think it was too. Um, like I think it was. I, I forget. I think it was Amber. She was wearing like a lot of like chokers, and I noticed that. I was like, do kids even wear chokers like nowadays? I thought that like went the way of my generation. Cause I was like, <laughs> I've seen like people like, like look how vintage this is. But like, yeah, there was a lot of like the little accessories and stuff like that where I'm like, this is something I don't think I've seen kids on like TikTok ever wear or anything like that. Or right, you know what's going on with that and the layer thing too. Like the guys, uh, multiple scenes where like guys were wearing multiple layers for no reason. Like that's definitely an early two thousand things. <laughs> Everybody was layering up, no matter how hot it was. Everybody's wearing layers, which was terrible. Exactly. 
I think they also tried to do with the guys what uh, the two characters in the original Scream had, where they were constantly just in a shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. And that was another like early 2000 feels where it was just that like, I'm too cool to wear anything. Like, or, or I'm too cool to wear I anything s- with like a, a graphic tee or things like that. You know, you weren't cool to have like stuff on your clothes. You had to wear really basic things, which is boring. I mm-hmm. find that so boring. Kind of on that note, I saw, a, I think it was a TikTok um, earlier last week or something that kind of on the note of wardrobe. Um, but in the original screen, uh, in the opening shot, Billy Loomis is wearing the same shoes the killer wears throughout the movie. Um, and that's kind of a clue to who the killer is. Somebody saw the. I didn't look at the killer's shoes at all. <laughs> I was looking at the. I know, shoes. me neither in this one. Either. Was, Wait. Right. In this one? Or like. In the original oh. one. Oh. The first one. I wasn't looking at anybody's shoes unless they were like really cool shoes. Why are you. Those are people who are like really paying attention to detail. Like I think right. the guy was wearing white tennies most of the time. And can't you usually can't you usually can't you usually not see the shoes in the in the in the costume? I was yeah. I don't I'm know. assuming he probably just wore like black boots or something. Cuz like if you you're going to want to yeah. one wear boots that way like if you have to hit something or like you don't want to wear white shoes. Because I feel like mm. that's going to get blood on them and those are hard to clean. I feel like it would have been just black boots. And I think most of the characters were wearing boots in the other than like Rose McGowan's character. I think most of them were wearing like some form of boots. Um, Because that was also an early an early 2000s, 90 things. Boots. Everybody wore boots. Mm -hmm. I like boots, though. I haven't given that up. I still are great. I still wear boots today. I think they're they're so comfortable. And like, I fall a lot. I think boots (laughs) help me. Boots are boots are still in fashion. It's just the type of boots you have to worry about. Yeah, that's fair. I know Uggs for some reason are so. I don't understand those boots. Those yeah, were Uggs are Uggs are. Cr- they went out of fashion, but they they're back in like fashion. I see people wearing Uggs all the time. And right. But anyway, final thoughts. Um, well, yes, final thoughts. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, I wasn't, I went into this thinking that it was going to give me Halloween 2018 vibes and it didn't. Um, Maybe it was because I watched it on Paramount Plus and not in the theater. I know that it had a theatrical release. So maybe if I were to watch it in the theater in that, uh, you know, Dolby sound system um, with the Dolby sound system, maybe I might've had a better view of the movie and take on the movie um but it did seem a little too parody ish for me um i appreciated all of the callbacks to the original and the self-referencing and referencing the idea of the requel and i'm surprised and i'm surprised that they dropped all of these famous references to different um you know, real 
uh, scary movies. Uh, so that kind of made me happy. Um, I did appreciate some of the, like a lot of those elements, but uh, in in some ways, uh, the rest of it didn't necessarily make up for it as well. Like I mentioned with the early 2000s vibe, um, with the idea that some of these people should have died when they actually didn't like Tara, uh, like Richie. Richie was getting like stabbed. He had, Richie had been like stabbed at least 20 times and he was still having a full on conversation with Sam. Yeah, um, like in the original, when that does remind me, in the original, uh, when Billy stabbed, uh, what is the, sorry, I'm trying to find it now because I want to say um, that character's name. Uh, when he stabs his friend, Matthew Matthew Lillard, Lillard character Stewart, oh, yeah. when Billy stabs him multiple times, he's struggling to talk. His blood's coming out of his mouth. He's like, man, you were only supposed to stab me once. And he has to sit down and he's like, blood's coming out. That's another thing originally good about the original Scream. When you got stabbed, you showed the damage. <laughs> this, You're right. He got stabbed <laughs> multiple times and he's just like talking away. When they had like Stuart going like, oh God, I'm like bleeding now out of my mouth because clear internal damage. Right. But, sorry, and go I on. know, you know, it's a, it's, and I know, you know, it's, it's a movie. It's artificial. It's, it's fictional. Uh, but some of these aspects of the movie kind of take me out a little bit of it. Um, and, you know. Although elements of it, I did, I did really like, like some of the self-referencing, like I mentioned, um, that line, the musicals line, um, and uh, I, I like that they got a good uh, amount of people who are recognizable as well um, to kind of start off this new iteration of the screen film. So um, that's my take on it, and to give it a grade, hmm, I would probably give it. A C plus, so one above the Adam Project, which we reviewed last week. You can check out that review right now. Um, yeah, that would be my grade. And how about you, Alex? What about your final thoughts and grade? Um, I thought it wasn't. I, I I went in expecting a lot less, so I think that's why I was like pleased, and I got a lot more. Um, because we had opposite expectations. Because I'm very tired of people continuing franchises that don't need to be continued. And I also had just watched uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like a couple weeks prior. <laughs> and was like so utterly like, oh, wow. Y'all just killing just the movies that I grew up with. Although that movie you should have literally. Literally. Um, I do like that they still kept this almost ridiculous. Because with um, with Scream, there was just a lot of ridiculousness that occurred with with a horror film. Horror films are always taken so seriously. Don't do this. Don't do the rules. Rules of the horror film, you know. And Scream kept that, even though they had the rules, it was still ridiculous. Everything was humorous, and like that final scene where Billy stab- stabbing Stewart, like I mentioned, he's like bleeding out of his mouth. But there's still such a humor aspect to the crazy people. You know, why they broke, you know, what's going on. And then with this, it was like, yeah, I, you're crazy and I get it. But at the same time, your like, intentions don't feel as humorous. 
I know it's fucked up to say that. <laughs> um, but like the humor was so much different and like I felt people were so much more dramatic sometimes when it didn't need to be and then the way they killed off Dewey I was upset with that and the you know they didn't give him the death he should have deserved and then they kind of ignored Sydney when she has literally been doing this for 26 years um but like I said I also had gone in mm -hmm. with like the lowest expectations so getting those fun lines and you know seeing all the characters actually representing who they were and getting those little, you know, name drops that were actually fitting to the scene. I enjoyed that. And, you know, it was a classic like, hey, you're right. I I didn't pay too much attention to it. But the actors are so much older. Some of them are like my age. I'm going to be 31 this year. Like, at least get somebody <laughs> who's around the 18 range to play the 13-year-old or the 15-year-old or something. Somebody at least not right. twice their age. Um... <laughs> I think this movie was not a bad idea. The the requel. I think they had a they had a good storyline. They had a good thought process and I enjoyed it. I don't think the cast they chose was necessarily the best for the film. Um and you're right now that I look back on it thinking or think back on it the whole 2000s dressing with the chokers and everything like that is like you're trying too hard to like bring us into the old. I'm like, you didn't need to mm -hmm. do that. Nobody wants those fashion trends to come back. They've been coming back a little bit. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't know anybody else who wants it. I would like the layering trend to come back. I did like wearing layers, not as many as like when you put on like five tank tops or something. I do like the, I do like dressing in layers though. Um, I would mm. have to give this movie like, yeah, like a C. Uh, it is what, if you go into it expecting it to be a meta scream film, that is what you're going to get. If you go in with the expectation mm -hmm. that you're going to watch a scream meta film, not thinking about being a good or bad, but if that's your like expectation, you're going to hit it. You're going to hit those meta moments yeah. between it referencing stab, it referencing scream itself, the rules. Although I feel like they should bring back the rules, mentioning of the rules um, from Jamie Kennedy's character. And yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. If this is your expectation, I'm going to watch a meta movie that reference itself, basically, in horror films. That's what you're going to get. If you're expecting Oscar Gold, probably not. Indy's not going to have this on his list. Uh, if you're <laughs> expecting like horrible, like this is just going to be something they're definitely putting out so that they can get rid of the old and bring in new characters. Kind of, but no. There's still more, there's still more, much more to it. So I would say give this movie something you could pop on on a Friday night. It's a nice Friday. You're yeah, no, that's actually a really good way to put it. It's a nice Friday night movie. I don't think I'd go to the theater to see it. Mm -hmm. I prefer to stream it, but definitely like a Friday night, turn off all the lights, sit down under a blanket with pop popcorn, totally type of movie. Mm -hmm. So that like, yeah, that traditional 2000 scream movie where you're just like, I want to hide in the dark and then get startled by somebody knocking on the door style. So I would definitely, yeah, right. this movie's definitely like a C. It has a C vibe. Cool. Well, speaking of the vibes, where can people catch you vibing on social media, Alex? You can find me at Alex and Nobody on Instagram, on Twitter, and also on TikTok, where I... And then I control, I'm 
thinking of what I'm trying to do. And I also take care of the podcast TikTok <laughs> where you can see little clips of things of what we do and everything we do at the first ones to die. Uh, that is also all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our Gmail account. The first ones to die at gmail.com where we're happy to receive any emails, suggestions, or movies you'd like us to review. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Where can we find you? Yes, you can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. Uh, please give us five stars if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, things like that. Uh, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate that. That would really help us in getting out uh, the word to more listeners. Also, uh, Alex already mentioned it, but yeah, email us firstnessdie at gmail.com. And uh, next week, um, I'm not entirely sure what we're doing next week. Are we doing? We have anyway. Yeah, list. we'll. Say, I, I don't want to. Oh, yeah, we have. Um, we have something on the list. And follow our third host, Jerome Rett. Um, hold on, I messed up your social yes. media, Jonathan, but I think I can do his. <laughs> his is Instagram or Twitter uh, at not Jerome. And not Jerome Rett, and then uh, Robo Zoom Media on Instagram. Yes, yes. I think he now has a third one. No, he doesn't. I know Robo Zoom Media and not not Jerome Rett. Those are the two I know. Those are the two that he mentions. Yeah, it's not Jerome Rett. Not Jerome Rett. It's his first and last name. I don't. Right. I've been friends with you guys for so long <laughs> and I still don't know both of your social medias and it's literally just your names. Mine is just my name. <laughs> it is just, his is literally his name and just not Jerome Rett uh, at Ro- and RoboZoom Media. That is another one of his Um And also stop by our YouTube channel where you can see film videos of our, or film versions of our podcast as well as other mini reviews vlogs and book reviews and other things we have done um and i think that is all we can finally say goodbye i think all social medias have been said well enough (laughs) i did my best yes good job good job uh well we'll see you all next week have a great week uh and bye-bye